Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and all with the all-new KDOS 1060 app, Apple and Android users. Download today, take advantage of the listener rewards available to you. It is Wednesday, it is March 1st. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. Up until just 12.30 today, making room for ASU women's basketball as they take on UCLA. Round one of the Pac-12 tournament from Las Vegas. Jeff Munn, of course, will have the call. Pre-game gets started at 12.30 and tip-off is at 1.00. Let's set the scene quickly here with the poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Which NFL team would be the best fit for Derek Carr? And the Saints continue to lead at 64% of the vote. The Panthers trail at 27%. And, Bob, there's life for the Jets. <laughs> they now have 9% of the vote. Okay, life for the Jets. Maybe it's a you know, Zach Wilson vote or something. I don't know. Uh, he shouldn't be voting for that. He wants to play, right? Or just well, collect some money kind and of family member or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, At least there's some action there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we'll answer this question around 12:15 today. Flipping this I on. I thought that was a better question than it's turned out to be. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I guess there's just not very many Jets fans that they uh, maybe they want to win. They ATS. They want to win, so they don't believe in Derek Carr. Well, that's true. I don't believe in Derek Carr, but I seem to be the minority on that. So we'll see. Uh, kind of twi- hard to get hard, kind of hard to get uh, an objective opinion from NFL Network because his brother works there. <laughs> that's true. Yes. Uh, on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060, will a Big East team reach the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament? Yes, leading the way at 58.3 percent of the vote. No, sitting at 41.7 percent. On Twitter at KDUS AM 1060, and Bob caught up with Adam Baum, the Cincinnati Inquirer podcast that at kdos1060.com one quick thing we did talk he gave us kind of an update on Fremantle's injury and yeah i mentioned ziggler for tennessee in the last at the end of the last hour uh i think other than ziggler's knee injury now is that Fremantle's injury with xavier is the biggest injury in college basketball moving forward and whether he's going to be available or not We'll get into this around 12.15 today, but we have to talk about it's finally here, the beginning of the Suns and Kevin Durant. Uh, he is expected in the lineup today. In fact, this morning I saw on the FanDuel Sportsbook app his over-under for points was sitting at 21 and a half. Uh, but Kevin Durant, he's expected to be in the lineup. And we had this question uh, earlier this week, and it was who is supposed to be, who should be the fifth starter for the Phoenix Suns once Kevin Durant comes back. Monty Williams has said that it'll be Josh Akogi or Torrey Craig partly based on matchups so he'll, he envisions being able to mix and match the two of them. However, Akogi did tell Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic, quote, I feel like I'm a starter in the NBA. That's why I work the way I do. Here the opportunity presented itself that I would be starting, so my job is to make sure that I can solidify that and hopefully stay here. 
Well, I may have bombed out on the Jets question there, but I do feel pretty good now about the question that we had with uh, you know, Craig and Akogi earlier in the week. And I mentioned that I wouldn't be surprised if it depended on who the Suns were playing a particular night, who started, uh, because of uh, you know, they think they, they have different skill sets, those two guys. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad Monty at least came up with the same two names. <laughs> so uh, I'm feeling good there. That's good. Speaking of names, newcomer Terrence Ross, he is ruled out for tonight's game with a toe injury. Uh, so that is the latest on uh, Terrence Ross. We'll, of course, have to wait to see how many minutes Kevin Durant gets. Not sure if he'll be on some sort of limit restriction here. But I also think it's going to be interesting to watch how this unfolds. And not just this game, but the first couple of games as Kevin Durant works his way into the lineup with the Suns. It's monitoring the rotations, monitoring who's getting substituted when, and then therefore who ends up staying on the court together uh, and how all of that starts to unfold. Yeah, I would think that's something we're not going to know for weeks. Uh, Maybe not even before whoever their playoff opponent might be in the first round. So I think that that's going to depend on quite a bit, uh, even though the Terrence Ross injury could play a big role here, by the way, if he's out for a long period of time because he definitely gives them a shooter off the bench, which I think is kind of imperative right now, especially considering, you know, Payne's just coming back and he's played two games. One, he was, you know, the first game he was really good. The second game, he was absolutely awful. Uh, so maybe not that surprising because, you know, he has been out since, you know, the first week of January. But uh, it'd be nice if we got, you know, I'm sure that they would prefer they, they could get some consistent scoring uh, from Payne. And, yeah, certainly that's what Ross has done most of his career when he's been on his uh, – been playing at the highest level is he's been a scorer. Payne's inconsistency is maybe why this has started to ratchet up a notch. So you had earlier this week the Bulls waving Goran Dragic, and there's been kind of a sentiment here about bringing him back to yeah. Phoenix to be a third point guard and, and to get some minutes here. I'm curious to see what you think of that. Uh, actually, I was curious about that, too. Uh, I've not watched the Bulls much this season. In fact, I don't know if I've watched the Bulls play an entire game this season, quite frankly. Uh, so I actually called uh, one of my old colleagues in Chicago yesterday, and he thinks that Goran Dragic is done. Uh, you know, they, maybe the Bulls think that, too. They let him go yesterday. And you know, Dragic had some good moments early in the season, and the Bulls are a backcourt. You know, they've had a lot of injuries, and Dragic is not really being able to step up and take advantage of the opportunity. He's been around for 15 years. Uh, I actually, I'm pretty sure I had like the first local interview with him on Media Day back in the day uh, at the Suns Media Day, and he didn't speak a whole lot of English. That was quite an interview, and plus Dan Marley was in the background, like giving him a hard time. Uh, so uh, that's kind of my first memory from uh, Goran Dragic, who had some great moments here, but uh, it, it looks like he might be done. Well, I'm I'm glad to kind of, I guess, hear you say that your colleague who follows the Bulls more closely. Yeah, well, he uh, want, yeah, he covers the Bulls now, yeah. too. In fact, yeah, so that's his job. There you go. Uh, because my initial thought process when I was hearing this was, well, you know, 
We all love Goran, and the way that he left the Suns, that was a real, real bummer, and, and he didn't want to see that happen. He he was he should have been treated much better than how that ended up unfolding, but I just remember watching him with the Nets last year. They felt like they brought him in for some much-needed minutes and some, some help and some scoring, and I just thought, he's not the same and so hearing your colleague and friend there say that I'm like okay that backs up kind of what I saw last year in the playoffs yeah I would I don't I'm not even 100% sure where they you know I assume he wants to continue to play but you know the problem when he had when he left here was obvious with Sarver the way that that whole that was like one of the classless things of all time the way that whole trade went down on the trade deadline day and everything else back in the in in the day uh, that was awful the way they just they treated him horribly to end his career here. The Suns, they are playing the Hornets today, 5 p.m. Valley Sports, Arizona. They continue the road trip uh, Friday in Chicago, ironically, and then Sunday in Dallas, and then they're back home against the Thunder. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, though, will be without uh, LaMelo Ball, who has fractured his right ankle. The injuries are certainly starting to pile up uh, for the Hornets, but also around the NBA. If you look here where the Lakers, LeBron James, he's in a boot. He's expected to miss two or three weeks with that foot injury. D'Angelo Russell won't play the remaining games on this particular Lakers road trip. And then you also have Anthony Davis now being ruled out for the Lakers. So I think, I don't know, I think we could probably say bye-bye Lakers in the playoffs. Well, but I'll turn on ESPN tomorrow morning, and uh, the first thing I'll see is something about the Lakers uh, making a playoff run. So I'm sure it just never goes away, no matter what happens. It looks like the Davis thing, uh, he's not going to play back-to-backs until further notice. So that's because I'm sure they have a few back-to-backs remaining, so maybe further notice comes quickly. Uh, But I think that uh, hopefully we can end the Lakers' nonsense at this point. Well, that's terrible um, because you need your best player, Anthony Davis, if that's you know what he is without LeBron James, to carry the team. But, yeah, I, I think the Lakers can say that they're done. Uh, Zion Williamson, he is expected to be reevaluated next week with new Im- imaging on the hamstring, and he has sorely been missed uh, with the Pelicans because they are currently 30-32. and 32. Uh, You have the Jazz sitting at 31-32, and 32, the Timberwolves 30 32 and 32 and the Mavericks uh, not really gelling with this new trade with Kyrie Irving coming to town with Luka Doncic as they are now 32 and 31 the Clippers sitting at 33 and 31 the Warriors now 32 and 30 with the Suns in fourth at 33 and 29 the Kings hanging tough in third at 36 and 25 the Grizzlies 37 and 23 and the Nuggets 44 and 19 on the season. You know, these are big games for the Suns, these next three games. They've been bad on the road, no matter who's been playing for them this year. Uh, they've rarely really looked good on the road, quite frankly. Uh, even the games that they've won, they haven't looked nearly as good as they have at home. It's more like a college team as far as just the you know, the, uh, the numbers. Uh, you know, the, the home and road splits are just ridiculously drastic which you don't expect from an NBA team, quite frankly. And uh, if you win like three or four in a row or lose like three and a four in a row, look at the Warriors. They went from 11th to uh, you know fifth in the West. They're currently fifth in the West after they won three straight games. It's wild. I don't know. I mean, you've been following the NBA for a long time. Can you remember something like this compact? 
No, I haven't. Uh, you know, maybe I'm the wrong person to ask because, quite frankly, I really don't follow the regular season standings very closely most years. But th this has been, you know, because Suns are obviously the Suns are involved. I've paid more attention to it this year. But you know, as I mentioned, uh, you know, the Warriors look like they were dead in the water a week ago, and they don't even have Steph back. And they've won three in a row, and they go from 11th to 5th. And then once Steph does come back, the narratives will be fired up for them. There uh, we go. That'll replace the, the, the Lakers' headlines. <laughs> <laughs> we will answer poll questions on the other side of the break, making room today at 1230 for ASU women's basketball, round number one of the Pac-12 tournament taking on UCLA. So it's poll questions and end of the show here on Extra Point on this Wednesday, March 1st. Ready to bring KDUS AM 1060 into your home with Alexa? Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KDUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Then say, Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day. basketball taking on UCLA Pac-12 tournament underway from Las Vegas. Jeff Munn brings you the pregame at 1230 tip off at one o'clock here on KDOS AM 1060 KDOS 1060.com and the KDOS 1060 app. We'll get into thank yous in a little bit, but let's first answer today's poll questions and we'll start with the KDOS 1060.com poll question, which NFL team would be the best fit for Derek Carr? The Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, or the New York Jets? Uh, I'm on Carolina. Um, you know, as I've mentioned many times over the last, actually a couple years, because I invested in the Panthers a couple years ago, and then McCaffrey got hurt, and that overtotal went down the tank uh, at that point. But they've got a lot of good players on this team. I think that they've got, you know, I think they have some direction now. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that uh, – and they've got some good skill players too. And their offensive line was one of the most improved in football last year. So, with a lot of young players, so that's, you, you figure that's going to get better. So, I think that that's the best fit for any quarterback uh, out there, uh, let alone Derek Carr or somebody else. You know, it's interesting because you look at as well, the Panthers and the Saints play in the same division with the NFC South, and it's just totally ripe for the taking here. But I do yeah. think that Carolina is in a much better position if they do just get a quarterback here because what they have defensively, what they have uh, with offensive wide receiver weapons as well. New Orleans just has too many question marks offensively. The defense is yet one year older than they were this last year. I know they kind of started to get it together toward the end of the season, but some question marks there in New Orleans. My question for the fit, though, with Carolina uh, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Derek Carr. It's more of... Frank Reich just went through a situation in Indianapolis where he was the head coach, where he thought he was going to have a franchise quarterback. And then before you know it, they're just piecing together veteran quarterback after veteran quarterback, trying to get something established for the team that they had around him. Is that something that he wants to endure yet again? Or do they want to turn their attention to trying to develop somebody for long term? 
I assume they wouldn't mind doing both. Is that a bad answer from me? <laughs> so, you know, I think they'd like to have somebody sure. They look, I think they have a team that's ready to win. Certainly that division, right? Right now. Absolutely. So for that reason, I think that uh, you'd kind of like the veteran guy who's, you know, had some kind of success, depending on what you think of, you know, Derek Carr or somebody else, as opposed to bringing a young player who may not quite have a clue – might not have a clue of how to play in the NFL or ready to compete at a division-winning level, even if it is the NFC South. And the Jets, I think they have also phenomenal pieces. Uh, the division, that's always a question mark. The division's much easier right now on paper in the NFC South and then just sure. the AFC in general. Uh, so those are kind of some of the things that they have to navigate. However, the masses continue to be out in front with the New Orleans Saints at 64% of the vote, the Panthers sitting at 27%, and the Jets at 9% of the vote. That's KDOS1060.com's poll question. Twitter, at KDOSAM1060. Bob in the sports zone caught up with Adam Baum, Cincinnati acquirer for all things Xavier and Big East talk. So the question here, will a Big East team reach the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament, yes or no? Oh, uh, I and think, I guess I'm first, huh? Aren't that's I? That's true. Well, you paused there, so you fooled me. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. All right, no, I will go. Yeah. Uh, I would <laughs> say that uh, it's fair to say that UConn and Marquette have kind of outperformed expectations, but you certainly have to take them seriously. You could also say that maybe Creighton has underperformed some expectations, uh, but they can always get hot once you get into the NCAA tournament. With the way that this Big East is, I think that one of these teams will certainly have a very good opportunity to make it to the Elite Eight, so I would say yes. Yeah, I would actually be surprised if two teams don't make it. I think that uh, I wish I had a little more faith in Providence. I mean, they have the deepest team, and as Alex mentioned to us uh, earlier, that you know they are you know they, they are the the deepest, they're the most physical team. And I mentioned the deepest part, but he mentioned they're the most physical team in the conference. However, their postseasons have been not. I'm talking about the NCAA tournament. They've not been good. They've uh, they've lost a lot of games that they should have won uh, in the past years, and maybe I shouldn't hold that against this current group because they got a whole bunch of transfers and a whole bunch of new players and so forth. But uh, I would be really surprised. I think this conference is really the second best. I think the second best conference in college basketball, at least at the teams at the top. I think uh, behind only the Big Twelve. The masses are on the yes side of things at 58.3%. No sitting at 41.7%. This is Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. And Bob, I'll toss it to you for the thank yous. All right. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else. Sip through the cracks. Uh, get to our guest here in just a second as far as the thank yous there because I just cut and pasted and cut and pasted the wrong thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, Alex Baum from the uh, Cincinnati Inquirer joined us and also uh, Joe DeLeon uh, from NFL Network Prospects, little NFL Network, uh, NFL Draft Prospects on uh, the uh, B. Lee. Is that how you say Believe. That? Believe, okay, for, okay, that makes sense, just to spell a little differently. Uh, and also uh, the first team show on Stadium Network, uh, so thanks for his expertise. And then also Sound Day, uh, as I scroll back down, courtesy of CBS, uh, Fox, Fox Sports 1, Bally Sports Arizona, NBC Sports Chicago, ESPN, LAD 570, and also ESPN 2. 
And uh, special thanks, as to, uh, as always, to Kayla and Corey and Aaron. Okay. Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next and bail me out here because I was kind of stumbling my way through that. All right. So that'll conclude this Not edition. Not a walk-off. <laughs> Not a walk-off today, Bob, but that's all right. We have yeah. tomorrow. Uh, yeah. There's still time for that. Right now, we're wrapping up early, making room for ASU women's basketball, taking on UCLA to start the Pac-12 tournament from Las Vegas. Jeff Munn will get you started here about 1230, so in just a a few minutes, but I do want to make sure you're aware that you download the new KDUS 1060 app and get yourself all squared away with what's coming to you with the spring training report from Porta Subs. It's a lunch for two, two Porta Subs for a year, and 2023 spring training tickets to the Diamondbacks versus Reds. March 24th game, two tickets and a parking pass all coming to you from Port of Subs. We will Pull the winner on March 20th, so download the KDOS 1060 app and be listening for one entry per day for the grand prize drawing. Have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday. Talk to you tomorrow.